Second Samuel chapter 10, beginning at verse 9. The Bible says this. When Joab saw that the battle line was against him before and behind, he chose some of Israel's best and put them in battle array against the Syrians. And the rest of the people he put under the command of Abishai, his brother, that he might set them in battle array against the people of Ammon. Verse 11. Then he said, If the Syrians are too strong for me, then you shall help me. But if the people of Ammon are too strong for you, then I will come and help you. Be of good courage and let us be strong for our people and for the cities of our God. And may the Lord do what is good in his sight. In the middle 1800s, late middle 1800s, this uh, great country, like some other countries, went through a civil war. And during that civil war, around about 1863, there was a battle that you may remember learning about in history class in Pennsylvania. And it was called the Battle of Gettysburg. And during this battle, Major General Robert E. Lee, who was a commander of 75,000 troops from Virginia, came up against the North. And his thought was, we are going to take this day to attack the North because if this battle continues on, the North has more resources than we have and uh, a few more men than we have. And if this battle continues, uh, we're going to lose it and we're going to lose a lot of people. So now is the time to attack. And the North uh, knew this. And so Major General George Meade, he was newly appointed, and he was a commander of the Union's 93,000-man army of the Potomac. He engaged Lee's army at Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. Fighting began, and as you can imagine, this war wasn't fought with smart bombs and buttons and uh, controllers. <laughs> this war was fought with men with bayonets and guns standing off one against another. And so a lot of blood was shed, and there were heavy casualties. And Robert Lee was convinced that his army was stronger than General, Lee, General Meade's army. And so he, uh, he continued to attack. And on the third day of this battle, General Lee sent word and, uh, to, to General Pickett, and he got 12,000 more men to join him. So those 12,000 men joined him, and now the Union's army had a choice to make. They were holding off this army, but now as they see 12,000 additional men come to fight, you can imagine that they may have said, well, wow, they've got a lot more men. We may need to retreat 
because they have more now and they're attacking us. And so they had a choice to make. They made a choice and their choice was to stand. And so they fought off Lee's army causing many casualties to Lee's army and finally Lee had to make a choice and that was to retreat. Lee did not retreat simply because the Union's army was greater than his army. But I believe Lee and his army retreated because the Union's army took a stand. They drew a sand in the line, a line in the sand, and said, we are not going any further, and you're not coming over this line. No matter what it costs us, we are going to stand. And because the Confederate army saw that, they said, we're not going to be able to defeat them. It's not just their cannons and their bayonets and their bullets, but it is their will to stand. Many people didn't realize that that battle, that battle was the turning point. And looking back at the Civil War, that battle and the speech that Abraham Lincoln then gave really spurred the North on to victory. And I want to tell you that there are many times in our lives when we come against something and it looks like it's way too much for us to overcome. And we have a choice to make. We can either draw a sand in the line or a line in the sand. Or we can choose to retreat. I want to talk to you a little bit this morning about why, reasons why Christians lose battles. Because you can look back to certain points in your life, and as you were going through those points, you, those points, you didn't realize that this was a turning point for your life. You didn't realize that if you would stand here and now, this would send you on a path towards your destiny. You don't know it when you're in the midst of the battle. But God is calling us to stand. And I believe there are many reasons why Christians lose battles. How many know that life can be a battle? Come on. I don't know about you. Maybe your life is a bowl of cherries. Maybe your life is peaches and cream. As for me, it's someday peaches Someday cream, someday an empty bowl. Someday it's a bowl of cherries, someday it's half full, someday there's no cherries in the bowl. Come on. But it doesn't have anything to do with my victory, has nothing to do with my attitude, has nothing to do with my overcoming. There are many battles that we face in life. And out of all the reasons, the Lord put on my heart three reasons why Christians lose battles in life. The first thing is, we're afraid to fight. There are times when Christians, we as Christians, we are afraid to fight. We come up against an enemy that to our eyes seems like it's greater than we can defeat. Come on. But some of us need a prophet in our life to say, Lord, open her eyes, open his eyes, and see 
the army of the Lord surrounding your enemy. But we shrink back and we feel defeated because we don't have the money for the bill or the person has rejected us when we've talked to them about the gospel or about reconciliation or about whatever it is so many times or our business has failed once, twice, three times. We keep trying or we keep going for the interview and no one will hire. We shrink back because it seems like our failure is God's failure. And what we have to realize is when we stumble, it's not God's failure. Very often, there may be God taking us through something, but even more often than not, we need to look in the mirror and not say, Lord, how come you haven't delivered me, but say, Lord, what is it I'm not obeying you on? Come on. But we shrink back. The second thing is, as Christians now I'm talking about, we have some wrong theology. And I'll talk a little bit more about that in just a moment. But we have some wrong theology. We'll believe anything. We believe what the enemy tells us. It started right at the beginning. Did he really say that you would die? Messing up your theology. Well, I don't, maybe he really didn't say that. Maybe he just didn't want me to have the knowledge. Or maybe this is a test. Maybe God wasn't clear. He's just testing me. He said one thing, but he means something else. How many know that there is no shadow of turning in the Lord? When God says one thing, that's the thing that he means. Come on, somebody. And we don't take God at his word, and it leads us to wrong theology about the Lord. Because we listen to anybody. We'll listen to anyone that comes on television, and it tickles our ears. Come on. Wrong theology. And then the third one, now come on now. <laughs> Sometimes we just lazy. Now come on now, I'm talking to Christians. Sometimes we just lazy. Sometimes there's a battle to fight and we just don't feel like fighting. We got right theology. We know the Lord is, has caused us to be overcomer. And really deep down in our heart, it's not so much that we're afraid to fight. We just don't feel like because we're tired. I've been fighting. And I'm lazy. But if you're in the Lord and he's in you, he doesn't sleep nor, come on now. What if God said, you know what, I just don't feel like fighting today. I think I'll take today off. You know how devastating that would be for the human race if the Lord took one day off and lifted his grace? I realize that God has already said everything really that he needs to say. He's in his rest. I know that's some other different theology, but, you know, he's, he's in his rest now. He's already said it. Stuff grows. Things happen. Gravity is here. Laws of physics are here. Stuff. I mean, God's already said it. We just need to flow in it. But just think if for one moment he said, well, I just want to keep my grace to myself. I'm just, I'm tired. I'm a little tired. I mean, because I've been talking to these people for thousands of years. Sometimes they're up. Sometimes they're down. And it doesn't seem like they listen to me. My son gave his blood and his life, and they mock me. They give each other gifts at Christmas and don't remember me. Come on. They worship a fat man with a white beard, and they don't remember me. I think for me that would cause me to say, you know what? 
Try it on your own for a while. But God never does that. But us as Christians, there are some times where battles are before us and we're just lazy. I didn't call no names now. Come on. I'm talking to myself. We just get lazy. We're afraid to fight. We have some wrong theology and we're just lazy sometimes. The first step is to admit it. Come on, somebody. <laughs> God can do something with you if you admit it. Come on. Now let me give you some reasons why Christians will win battles. Because we don't accept defeat. Even when a preacher is telling you that you're lazy, come on. We don't accept defeat. That's not who we are. We as Christians don't accept that. It, it, you know, he may have won that one battle, but the war belongs to the Lord. Come on. Here are some reasons that Christians win battles. First and foremost, Christians, we have to realize this, that you are not alone. So many times we think that we're alone in the battle when something comes upon us. But in 2 Samuel, remember verse 11, when he said, uh, if Syrians are too strong for me, you come and help me. If the people of Ammon are too strong for you, I'll come and help you. That's the way we're supposed to be as Christians. If you're having a day where it's overtaking you, here I am. I'm praying for you. I got a little, whatever little money I got or I can take you some, whatever it is. I'm sitting, I'm listening to you. I'm giving you advice. I'm prophesying to you. I'm giving you the word of God. If it's too much for you today, I'm here. And if it's too much for me, where are you? Come on. You're here, lifting me up. We have to understand that we're not alone. That is what will cause us to be victorious. Not in some battles, but here's what I want to tell you. In every battle. I know that's another theology too. You may not believe that. <laughs> but I'm telling you, you serve a God that never loses. He doesn't lose. I mean, come on, if he played golf, he'd get an 18. He get a hole in one every time. He just, he doesn't lose. He can't miss. You serve a God that can't miss. And so, well, you say, well, Brother Mike, you're saying that, but, you know, I mean, wow, that's kind of harsh because I know there's times when I fail and fall short. I know. And that's, you know, just don't blame it on God. We just need to look in the mirror in those times. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying I'm perfect either. I'm not saying that this week, you know, I'm not negatively prophesying, but I'm not saying this week there won't be something that trips me up. Uh, I, I pray to God that there's not, and I'm going to do everything that there, that to, in my ability uh, to follow the word of God so there won't be. But should there be, you know what I'm going to do is look in the mirror and say, where did I miss it? But we blame God. God, did, he just, well, maybe it's just God didn't want me to have it this time, or God didn't want me to overcome, and maybe he's teaching me something. I, you know, maybe so, but maybe you just miss God. Maybe you, you just had your own idea about this thing. <laughs> Come on. And God's speaking one thing, and you're used to something else because you grew up. Come on now. And so you need to realize that you're not alone. The second thing you need to realize, you might want to write this one down, you already have everything you need to win the battle. Something comes up, you don't need to go, oh, look, okay, now let me, I need to go get, I need to get ready. Let me call somebody and we need to get this together and do, listen, God has given you everything you need to win. You are a winner. You are an overcomer. 
God has put it in you. He's given you everything that you need. John 14, 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things, not some things in certain situations, but he will teach you all things and he will bring to remembrance all things that I said to you. He's given you everything you need to overcome in his presence and at his right hand. Come on. But so often we don't seek his presence. We try to do it our own way. God is telling you this morning, you have everything that you need already. Don't go looking for it somewhere else. He's given you his word and he's given you his spirit. What more do you need? Come on now. And then the third thing and finally, we need to realize that for us, time is relative. I'm not trying to be scientific now. But God lives in eternity. Come on. And we need to realize that Jesus already won. The battle is already over, somebody. He already won the battle on the cross. So everything that you go through, everything the enemy puts in front of you, you can just step right over it and say, I already won that. Been there. Even if it's something new for you. Jesus was there already. Seen it. Seen it. He's already won the battle. 1 John 5, 4, for everyone born of God overcomes the world. He's talking to you. You born of God this morning? Come on. He, John said everyone, everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world. Here it is right here. Even what? Even our faith. Come on. You don't believe it. That's why you're not overcoming. Come on. Even our faith. Now I want to just repeat this scripture because I really wanted to get into your spirit. I like to look at scripture and I like to see what God is saying and I like to see what he's not saying. And the reason I do that is because there's so many things that people tell me that God didn't really say. Come on. The youth just went through a series and uh, it was talking about what's not in scripture. All the things that are cliche that we assume are in scripture that are not really the word of God. And so when I read the scripture, I want to know exactly what he is saying. Not what he's not saying. Come on. But what he is saying. And this scripture, 1 John 5, 4, the, the second word in the scripture really steps off the page to me. 1 John 5, 4. Put that up there, Angie, if you can. Is it up there? Yeah. Whatever. This New King James Version says everyone. This word steps off the page to me. Because I don't know about you, but I count myself as everyone. I count myself as whatever. How about you? You outside looking in? You're not part of everyone? Everyone born of God overcomes the world. You overcome the world. Get that in your spirit this morning. You are an overcomer and you overcome the world. If God be for us, who can be against us? You are an overcomer. I love the song of Moses in Exodus chapter 15. This is right after the Red Sea. They came against a formidable, a formidable opponent. And it wasn't uh, men or women. 
It was the Red Sea. Now you're coming up against nature. How are we going to get across that? God said, hold up your staff. He did it. You know the story. And the sea, the sea, not the, not the lake, not the creek, but the sea parted. And they walked across, the Bible says on dry ground, I believe. Dry ground. How a sea going to part and the ground dry? I mean, if it sprinkles outside, the ground is wet. Come on. The sea parted. They went across on dry ground, got across. The chariot started chasing them. Come on, and the sea went back together. Pharaoh's army drowned in the Red Sea. Come on. And then when they got to the other side, they were so astonished that they began to sing to the Lord. And Exodus 15 I believe it's somewhere around verse 2, maybe verse 4. In that song, they say this. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is a man of war. His name is the Lord. Come on. Here's what I want to tell you. Who you have living in you is a warrior. Come on. Who you have living in you is a man of war. I'm talking about you have somebody living in you that doesn't shrink back. Not even from the sea. You have somebody living in you that is on the offense and not the defense. Because Jesus told us, listen, he was very clear. He said, the gates, he said, I'm on this revelation, I'm building my church. That you realize that I am the Messiah. This is in Matthew. And he's talking to Peter. Who do men say I am? Well, some say you're Elijah. Who do you say? You are the, you are the Messiah. And he said, he said, on this revelation that you realize and you acknowledge that I'm the Messiah, that I am the Lion of Judah, I'm the Rose of Sharon, I'm the Alpha and Omega. When you realize that and it's a revelation to you, on that I am building my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now gates... You know, here's how I look at it. Gates can be some people that are used, a gate, a gateway. But gates, mostly we know gates is something that's built there to keep something out. And I believe the devil stole some stuff and is trying to keep you out. But Christ said, the gates of hell shall not prevail. I believe that that's an offensive statement. I don't believe that's saying the church is going to stand right here and when the enemy comes against us, we're going to be able to fend him off. I believe that when Jesus said that statement, he said, I'm building my church to go marching as to war. And when the gate comes up against us, we're going to bust right through there. It won't be able to prevail against us. We're going to take back what God gave to us and we're going to take the territory. Come on, somebody. We're taking Jericho. Think about what God did with his people, with Joshua. He said, go out there and march around seven times, seven days. Seven times around, shout, and it's going to come down. We're taking it over. The church, we're taking over. Let's stop being on the defensive and start being on the offensive. Reason why Christians lose battles, we're afraid. We're not thinking right. We got wrong theology and sometimes we're just lazy. Jesus is saying today, get up. Get up. Come on. It's time to go into battle. It is time to go into battle. And realize that you're hooked arm in arm 
with the church of God in Christ. Come on. And I'm not talking about the denomination. I'm talking about the body of Christ. Come on. You're hooked arm in arm with other Christians. And I've given you everything that you need. I've given you my spirit. And with my spirit, he's teaching you all things. You have knowledge. You have wisdom. You have armor. Come on. You have a shield. You have a sword. You have the sword of the spirit. You have everything that you already need. And by the way, know this. As you go into battle, I've already won it. I just want to tell you, I've already won it. But you just have to go through the motions. Come on, somebody. And let me just, let me just throw something at you. Some, some theology. We talked about wrong theology. Just let me throw something at you. We used to sing a song called, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord. Wrong theology. I love the song. And I would sing it because it fires me up. But understand that the, the battle is not yours. It's the Lord's. And he has warring angels who are soldiers. Come on. Come on, he has warring angels with flaming swords, cherubims who are soldiers. But we, when we go into the battle, what's our job? What was Joshua's name's job? You better start praising God. You better come into his presence, start praising, start singing. Come on, songs, hymns, spiritual songs, giving God some glory. That's what defeats the enemy. Wrong theology. We think we got to fight. We fighting against people. We giving people scripture and all this, tearing them down and doing all that. And God said, just praise me. I'll take care of all that. I'll take care of their attitude. Come on. I'll take care of your situation. We want to protest. It's good. It's good. There's nothing wrong with it. But I'm saying, God is saying, listen, you, when you get tired of doing all that, then come to me and start giving me some glory and then watch what I do. And so we as the church and we as Christians, here's what I want to leave with you. We as church and, and we as Christians, we need to change our mentality from defensive-minded people who just takes what life gives us to an offensive-minded people who have faith. We're pleasing God because of our faith. And when we please God with our faith, God moves. <laughs> Come on. His word is already there. He already sent his word out and it doesn't return to him void. All we have to do is believe and speak the word that he's given us. Amen.